Welcome to Monday Morning Inspiration, a production of Christian Growth Ministry featuring Bible teacher Brad Simon. It's our prayer and desire to inspire and encourage you to grow in your faith and walk closer with the Lord. We at Christian Growth Ministry are excited to announce that we have opened an online storefront of merchandise designed to help inspire you and encourage your walk with the Lord. All profits from this store go to supporting ministries like Monday Morning Inspiration Podcast and allow us to develop new ministries. To visit our store, go to christiangrowthministry.com and click on store in the menu. And now here is our Bible teacher, Brad Simon. God calls all Christians to be leaders. Now, that doesn't mean that our churches are to be all chiefs and no Indians, as the old saying goes. There are different roles of leadership. There are ordained leaders in the church, the pastor and elders or deacons. Together they lead the church, a plurality of leaders, and we are to follow their leadership. But there are other areas of leadership as well. There are leaders of various ministries or committees, leaders of Sunday school classes and small group Bible studies, just to name a few in the church. There are business and organization leaders. Husbands are to be leaders of the family and parents are to lead their children. And if that short list doesn't cover you yet, mature Christians are to lead younger Christians to grow in their walk with God. And all Christians are to lead others to Christ. I was fortunate early in my adult life to purchase a cassette tape on Christian leadership by Dallas Seminary professor Howard Hendricks. I wore that tape out, playing it over and over again. He began the study by saying, A leader is a person who leads. Then, after a long pause, he said, Don't be fooled by the simplicity of that definition. In order to lead, you must do two things. First, you need to know where you are going. And second, there must be people following you. If no one is following you, you are not leading. You are just going for a walk. Today, I want to look at that first statement. Leaders need to know where they are going. In fact, I believe if you get this right, the second part will naturally happen. People will want to follow you. King Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, said, Where there is no vision, the people perish. I love Pastor Rick Warren's paraphrase of that verse. He said, Where there is no vision, people go to other parishes. His paraphrase is probably closer to what King Solomon intended. It's not that the King James is wrong. It's just outdated. The English language is living. The meaning of words change over time. What some words meant 400 years ago has changed over the years. In a class I took on Bible translations, the seminary professor said, If you read the King James Version... You need to read with the Bible in one hand and a 17th century Oxford English Dictionary in the other to know what the meanings of the words are intended to be. Today, the word perish means to suffer death, 
typically in a violent, sudden, or untimely way. What King Solomon meant is that if there is no vision or direction, then the people will disperse. They will leave. They will not follow you. But if you have a vision, a direction of where you are going, that is exciting and inspiring, not only will the people not leave, but they will also naturally be drawn to your leadership. Former President and Military General Dwight Eisenhower said, Leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because they want to do it. I think that's so important to understand. So let me repeat it. Leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because they want to do it. Years ago, I knew a man who was among the first wave of Allied troops that landed on the shores of Normandy during World War II. I asked him one day what it was like that morning. He said, We were all scared. We all thought we were going to die that day. Before I realized what I was saying, I blurted out the question, So why did you do it? Before the words finished leaving my mouth, I wanted to just reach out and pull them back in. What a stupid question. Of course he did it because he was told to. He was in the military. He was given an order and he obeyed out of duty. If he did not obey, he would be court-martialed. But to my surprise and astonishment, that was not at all what he said. With hardly a pause, he replied, We did it because we knew that was what it would take to stop Adolf Hitler. We had to storm the beaches that day to stop the spread of Nazism. We had to do it so that our families and friends back home would have a future. General Dwight Eisenhower shared his vision for D-Day, but that vision included more than just the planned invasion. It included more than just the job duties each man was to do. Eisenhower's vision also included the reason why, and that reason why was so compelling, so inspiring, that those men were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, the giving of their very life, in order to make the world a safer place for their loved ones. General Eisenhower got those men to do what he wanted, not because he ordered them to do so, but because they wanted to do it. Eisenhower's vision was so persuasive, they knew it had to be done, and they were the ones in the position to do it. The Apostle Paul was that type of leader. Paul wrote to his friend Philemon concerning his former slave Onesimus. Listen to what he wrote. For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. I became his father while I was in chains. Once he was useless to you, 
but now he is useful both to you and to me. I am sending him back to you. I am sending my very own heart. I wanted to keep him with me so that in my imprisonment for the gospel, he might serve me in your place. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent, so that your good deed might not be out of obligation, but of your own free will. For perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother. He is especially so to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. As an apostle, Paul had every right to order Philemon to do what he wanted. He even said he could command him to do it. But instead, Paul appealed to Philemon. He told him what he wanted done and then gave a compelling reason for him to do it. He would have Onesimus back, not as a useless slave, but even better, as a dearly loved brother. While scripture is silent on the result, church history tells us that Philemon did follow through on Paul's request. Onesimus would go on to become the pastor of the church at Ephesus, and he was the first to start gathering together the writings of the apostles that form our Bibles. I think it is more than interesting that throughout the scriptures, leaders are often compared to shepherds, and even called by that name in several places. One obvious reason is sheep and shepherds are prevalent in the region, and people were familiar with them, but so were cattle. Yet scripture never refers to leaders as herdsmen. The reason is you lead sheep, but you drive cattle. People respond when you lead them, but resist when you try to drive them. When you try to drive people by ordering them about, demanding that they follow you, they resist and either leave, or if they stay, they follow grudgingly. No one has ever heard of a great world boss, but history is full of great world leaders. Bosses are bossy. They order people about. It's been said there are only two kinds of bosses, mob bosses and crime bosses. And what is often passed off as leadership today is truly a crime. Leaders, on the other hand, inspire and energize people, and they do that by providing a vision, a purpose for what they want done. King David is considered the greatest king of Israel. His last words are recorded in Scripture. These are the last words of David, the one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God is like the morning light when the sun rises on a cloudless morning, the glistening of rain on sprouting grass. That is what a meaningful vision does for leaders. Their leadership becomes as encouraging as the first light of morning during a dark night, and as refreshing to the people as a morning shower is to new grass. Let us pray. 
Dear Father in heaven, creator of heaven and earth, we come humbly before your throne. Forgive us for all the times we have tried to lead by ordering people about, by commanding them to do what we want done. May your Holy Spirit inspire us with a compelling vision of your plan for us. May we become more like King David and lead by inspiring and encouraging the people who follow us with that motivating vision. And may our leadership be as refreshing and vitalizing to them. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You have been listening to Monday Morning Inspiration. We pray you were inspired by today's podcast and encourage you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. For more information, go to christiangrowthministry.com. Thank you for listening.